0: Hi, I'm Philip Gabbard, and you are listening to the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. Dave, I've been thinking back about how you and I met. Do you recall all that? I do. Uh, I came in
1: to train your sales staff in in uh, El Paso as a sales trainer. That's
0: right. And I want to say that it's 2006, 2005. Yeah, I think it was 2005, like 2006,
1: right in there. Yep, I think you're right. And uh, came in and uh, spent a better part of a week with you and your team.
0: Yeah, that's right. And this has led to a really long-standing relationship. I bring it up because as I think back about, you know, our work relationship long before Media Sales Mojo, I think back about who I was then as a manager and, you know, how life evolves. All the while, you know, Mm -hmm. I appreciate our networked relationship, not just for the training that and the things that I've learned from you as a manager. I appreciate your friendship, of course, but I think the sales manager's job has really evolved too. But thinking back over my career before starting the agency business, I think I've been at least five different managers along the way. Yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Phil, because you know the
1: circumstances, the teams, the situations – require you as a sales manager to sort of be a different person or or do different things based on the circumstance.
0: Yeah. And our relationship, I think you were direct. I think, you know, you were able to say, hey, Phil, here's some things, I, ideas that, you know, I, I I can only imagine that for all the markets that you've worked in, and I really want to think that you've probably, you probably have known or met more than 1,000 sales managers. Am I far off on that number?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know what the number is, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And,
0: <laughs> and you've seen great ones and you you could probably just instantly smell out, you know, the ones that are challenged or so forth. I, I am a little harder on, on on sales managers at times because I am such an advocate for their success. I think the job is so vital to get right. I I, I if a lug like me can do it, I I now can say that I don't think the job is hard. But you have to be good at it, and, it, and, it's, and there was times as a sales manager that I thought I did great and times that I probably didn't do so good. But I was also a period piece. During the late 90s, you know, I had to be like this because this is the industry where we were in then. It was about mm-hmm. consolidation and expansion of, of properties and so forth. We were fighting satellite, you know, uh, uh, radio and cable TV Things have changed. Now we are fighting different things and consolidation has, has really changed the, the game for all of us. But I, I kind of surmised after some time that the game was no longer about me, the manager. My job was really to manage one-on-one and individually. And I think that if you have hired and inspired and fired or retired correctly, that you've done a good job so far. If you've got the right people... The next level thing to do is get out of their way. And so, what you are seeing today in sales management environment, from your training and coaching of sales managers, like you do every day, to what I see now as an agency owner, I'm kind of let down, Dave. I'm, I'm kind of let down, and I want to push back on these managers. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, I don't know
1: the managers that you're working with, Phil, and and, uh, they're all horrible. No, I'm just kidding. They're all <laughs> wonderful.
0: They're they're great. I just I can the, see, I can sense what I'm hit with, and it's and I think that they're just moving at a different pace. They're that that they're not looking to me. They're looking past me. That's a well point.
1: the yeah the uh, well that's unfortunate. But um, you know the, the from a sales manager perspective, I mean the job has certainly gotten much more difficult. I believe, because of pressures in consolidation in particular or, or, you know, pressures to make sure you're making the numbers and, and delivering on the cash flow, it's difficult to find and retain terrific talent. The The job situation in a lot of cities is very, very tight. People don't change as frequently as they used to or there aren't people available as there they used to be. Um, I have people that I know that are, that are terrific, terrific sales managers. Yeah. People that you would that if, if you're a seller, man, you want to work for these people. Right. They can't they can't find people to work for them. They just can't find them because they, you know, the job situation is so tough.
0: So I remember back in the day when it was fun and, and I gotta really tell you that I don't see a whole lot of abounding fun. This we keep talking about how fun this industry is and it should be and, and I hate to say it, but one of our most listened to shows has been a show that came out of a request to talk about burnout. Yeah, and and it it bothered me. I thought that I I see a lot of symptoms like everybody trying to do the same thing. I want you to sell radio and TV and now digital, and I'm trying to make all of these individual sellers that might have good sales traits and abilities, but now this management team is trying to make them all do the same thing. This is not synchronized swimming, right? This is more like a, a football team. You got 11 players that do 11 different jobs just to try to advance the ball down the field, right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean I think
1: that's, I think that's an apt analogy, but you all you're also working with sales managers who can't find a decent tight end and a decent left <laughs> tackle. Okay? I mean, this is the problem. Yeah. So so what happens? You still have to advance the ball, so yeah. that responsibility revolves back to the sales manager, which puts additional pressure on. It's probably the hardest job in all of, of media in my uh, experience is being the sales manager because you're getting pressure from up top and you cannot let that pressure leak out from the, through the bottom. You cannot let it come back out through your, into your team. You have, you know, you stated it earlier. It's, um, it's a challenge because you have to be able to individually understand who's on your team. What motivates them individually and how do I get that person to become better at the same time trying to manage and lead a team effort? You know, you and I, as sales managers, are working with sales managers. Would have uh, a situation. Let me give you just a, an example. Okay. We uh, we're, we're trying to make the quarterly budget. We are forty thousand dollars short of making the quarterly budget. Quarterly budget is five hundred thousand dollars. We are at ninety-two percent of budget with uh, a month to go, and we, you know, in our forecast as such, we're going to be short twenty-five grand. Okay. I want to get you know we. Our goal is to get to the budget. That's that's what we have to do. So I've got. A sales team of six people, two of them are over budget, two of them are just under their bud, w- w- uh, going to be under their budget, and two of them are lagging su- substantially. How do I motivate the team to make up what is important to me? It's not necessarily as important to them that we make the twenty five thousand dollar budget.
0: Yeah. It's
1: important to me. Yeah. And this is as the sales manager and to the ownership. Yeah, and that and that's one of the push and pull challenges. How do I manage that process of saying, okay, so now maybe I de- now I have to put something together that's going to be fun and rewarding for the team if we hit that.
0: Yeah, and and I think the creative manager. I, I go through way too many football analogies, but you are on the sideline, and where this separates from the analogy is that. A manager can make the calls and the manager can be in the game. The manager can be a participant in the win and not just yell from the sideline. Mm-hmm. I think that there's too many times that a manager feels conflicted between the upper management and the responsibilities to their team. And I believe that any manager ever worth their salt was an advocate for their team and fought corporate or fought their general manager or just fought to protect them because that team is going to smell you out in a second of whose side you are on. And I hate to say it, that there's this internal battle, but there is this internal battle because salespeople are individuals. They want to perform for them and their families. They've got a job to do. If you've hired and you know inspired correctly, all things should work well. But your pressure to hit this last-minute number might detract me from doing well in the next month. I might be spending or wasting too much energy trying to yeah, you know, that's get right. you to a goal.
1: you trying to pull forward some revenue to make this quarter, and now you're going to be in arrears uh, the next quarter. Yeah,
0: so the manager can jump into the game without it being guilt-ridden or any kind of martyrdom of, like, you guys couldn't do it, I had to do it. I think the great sales managers that I believe that I, I became. I knew I, I had struggled in the first times I did this, second times I, we always struggle. And I think you're struggling today, but I think the default is, is to be human. You are are the intermediary between upper management and your team. And I think you need to decide with the team, be human because, you know, quarterly budgets are going to come and go. You need this team to know that you're with them all the time. I, I hear back from sellers who go, my boss doesn't talk to me. I see him maybe once a I, I hear the craziest stories, and I'm kind of naturally inquisitive because, you know, I've been out of the broadcast industry for a decade, but I hear stories. I, I, I kind of sense, I, I cheer for them. I want them to do well, but I still have a sales manager hat, eh? <laughs> you know,
1: it, like I said, it's it's a uh, it's a very tough push and pull job because as a sales manager, you know, you have to be responsible to so many different constituencies uh, in order to make your team really work. Yeah. Um, but if you go to bat, you know, if you're, sh- if you're showing that you really care for these team members, you're there to try to make them better and try to help them make their budgets and their money. You know, it's not about, Yeah, you know, we, we said this earlier before we started recording the podcast, it's not about me, it's about you. It's really all about the team the best teams I've seen when there's a shortage or a shortfall or something like this happens where you need the team to rally the best organizations I've seen. That rally point comes out of the sales not the manager. Yeah. Where the sales people say, we're going to go get this to help him or her. Yeah, we got your back. Beca- be- exactly. Because you've helped us so much. Don't worry, we'll go get it. I remember I, I was running a radio station in, in, as a general manager in the Bay Area years ago, and we had a, a sales manager there that had been with the station for years and years and years. And, um, you know, the, the, the fear was that he was going to be lost in the wash because it had been a family-owned kind of station and now it was going to be corporate owned and the responsibilities were going to be different and the pressure was going to be higher. He outlasted me. Let's put it (laughs) that way. Okay. But he was one of those guys where I said, Hey, look, we're going to be, we're the, you know, we're 10 days from the end of the quarter. We're seven grand short. Can you, can you do anything? And he, I, I, uh, Phil, God is my judge, right hand to God. He, (laughs) he, he looked at me and he goes, give me a couple of hours. Uh And he came back to my office, and he goes, "I got you ten grand just in case something else falls out." Yeah, wow. But because he was one of those guys, he had those relationships, and that he had those kind of relationships with the staff. He was there to help them. He was there to protect them. And so, as a sales manager, you know, if you've got Salesforce in your market, or if you've got Matrix, or if you've got any of these other, you know, uh, CRM tools that your staff has to use, and it 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 takes a lot of time. You have a lot of analytics. Some people look at it and go, "It's just, you know, it's just a, a mind game. It's like I, I just want to control you and yeah. see what you're doing and all of that." You can use that if you're if you're a uh, if you're a sophisticated enough and, and trained enough sales manager, you can use that data to help those salespeople get better.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, and I and I've, I've said some things about you know those CRMs and and. I can't even recall what systems I used back in the day, but Salesforce wasn't part of them. But I do hear a lot of complaints. But I now listening to you, Dave. I I, I get it. I think how I, I now want to say it is that the sales manager that has these these expectations of using these tools, how you fight back against you know the people who resist using these elements. Um, I call them control tools. I think if they understand that this is what's being asked of you, the sales manager in the right way of saying look we've got to do this because we're doing this together I need it you know why does the Mm -hmm. manager need this information because this information helps give me guidance and I that really is just you know the upper level expectation of a sales manager is giving guidance to the general manager and above I need to give guidance so we know where we're going to hit revenues but I think there is there's got to be absolute workability and not like this grind and fight And, and 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 lastly it's got to be fun, and I can't tell you I might have one rep that I'm thinking of um, who just thinks she's in the funnest job in the world and it's it's almost refreshing to hear her talk about it and all I I don't know that manager but I can guess he's a pretty good one because yeah you know the she's the, person,
1: the personalities seventy to eighty percent of the personalities of people who work in media sales the 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 sales team members fall into the expressives or the socializers depending on which system you use. And so what's important to those people? What's important to that kind of personality? Recognition, applause, pats on the back, all of that kind of thing. And that resides specifically with the sales manager to make sure that those people feel appreciated and noticed. And that their work is recognized. Yeah. And that alone—it doesn't have to be here. Here's five thousand dollars. <laughs> it can be here. Here's a cold beer after work. Thanks yeah. so much, man. Thank it really means a lot to me.
0: Yeah. And and what doesn't work for those people is yeah. feeling unappreciated or you know overlooked or here I have you have to do this because I said you have to do this. Make me understand it. Make me part of the process. I'll make you know sure I'm part of your solution. I think all of this is manageable, but. Dave, I do want to acknowledge you. I thank you for your investment in me. I think uh, we've had a great run, and I really enjoy our relationship. But it's these conversations, the ones that you and I have right now, that I really, really like because it, it kind of, it, you and I haven't worked together. I don't know for ten years up until
1: yeah, oh, I, wow. we
0: we've been friends all this time, but yeah, you know until we started these you know podcast shows, but I enjoy the conversation because it uh, takes me back to that time when I said I I was exploring on how to become a better manager. I was genuinely interested in in taking my game to different levels in different places. And I think I got there, your tutelage has been fantastic. I know I'm still hard on some managers, but I think you've 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 always had and and kind of reinstilled that perspective for me that hey the job is still ever changing. I don't know. I I, I want to thank you, honestly, for for your investment and and, and what you do.
1: Well, thanks. You know, it's I love working with sales managers because, as I said earlier, it's it's I think the hardest job in the station and it's the most important job, the fastest way, the best way to generate more revenue for the stations is to have a better qualified, better experienced, a better sales manager. The sales manager is the is the linchpin, so we have I to agree. spend a lot of time with with him or her, uh, and with them, and talk about strategies, cha- you know, challenges they're facing. How do I get this person to move? You have to manage people individually, and I've got a million stories and a lot of uh, experience <laughs> in doing that. And it's it's really a study in in humankind to to watch all of these things. It's very difficult. It's very rewarding. And I just cheer on the sales managers because I know how hard the job is and I want you to do well. If you want to reach out to us at media.salesmojo.com, if you're a sales manager and you've got a particular challenge uh, that you might be facing, we'll protect your identity. But if you want to forward it to us for us to noodle on and maybe get back to you or maybe make it part of a podcast of something that we might want to share with other people, we would love to do that.
0: Yeah, Dave, you're a good egg. Thanks for listening. Great conversation as always. If you have any additional questions, uh, do reach out to us at askus at mediasalesmojo.com. You can also follow us along on LinkedIn or Instagram, Facebook, but participate. It's important what we do. It's important that we grow. Um, I'm really proud of, of, of the feedback that we're getting and the ideas just keep pouring in. So thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. Have a great sales week and happy selling.